Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona and running the boards is Joey D's. But we'll get to them real soon, especially when we get to the Geek She with Vicky B. But right now... We've got a little bit of a special programming because I've got a special interview that I wanted to get right to and to talk about. So thank you, everyone, for listening to us. You can get a hold of us by going to BJGeekNation.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of our social media, and, of course, that more. And go, I mean, you can listen to us however you know. You know the drill. You know the setup. You know the deal. With us today is a guy that I'm very excited to talk about because it's been a little bit of a while since we've had them on. And you know how much I love gaming, and you understand that well. I really love it when it's used in ways that are beyond just what we would use them in terms of just, you know, relaxing and having fun. But when they're used for therapeutic purposes, something like that is very amazing. And without any further ado, I feel that we should probably just get in with our next guest, Mr. Adam Davis from Game to Grow, which you can find out more information at gametogrow.org and Adam the last time you were here it was with your other uh, your other compatriot Adam Johns and it's been like what like a year and a half now since you have uh, been on with us yeah it's been a while uh, so tell me uh remind, remind everyone a little bit about what game to grow is because you're doing some really cool things with tabletop RPGs yeah so game to grow we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization we're based out of Seattle um, and we run therapeutic social groups for kids, teens, and now adults. Um, we're most well known for our therapeutic groups using Dungeons and Dragons. We've since expanded to also use Minecraft. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, so the last time we were here, uh, we were talking about Dungeons and Dragons specifically. And I think at the time we'd had maybe 30 or 40 youth per week we were seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have uh, over 120 individuals per week who are coming to gaming groups now all virtually uh, to work (laughs) on their own uh, building, building their own life skills. And so with game to grow and using those tabletop RPGs, I I mean, it's like one of the best things about it because a lot of the times you are, um, when you're playing yourself, you're entering, um, you know, a game and you're creating a character and is something like that, like, um, creating a, a type of character and running through these situations is that's what's beneficial with um how what you're doing or how does that go really about so there's there's so many different uh layers to it and angles on it and that's actually one of the things i was excited to talk to you about uh, as well as the training program that we've built because we go through we can we literally talk about this for six hours in the oh, training wow, program okay. <laughs> um why why it's useful so I, I i won't be able to go into it as deeply as i would like to just because we don't have six hours but oh, yeah, um, totally. so the there, there are multiple layers to why people get benefits out of it and a lot of it is that you're entering into a fantasy world as a character that you're creating and so all of a sudden you're able able to play with some things you might not feel safe playing with in real life. So I might play a character who's um, maybe a little more confident than me. And I might be able to, as that character, take some risks, maybe advocating for myself or, or, you know, um, speaking up for myself in a way that I don't in my real life with my boss or with my, you know, with my spouse or my parents, depending on my age. And, and as that character, I can practice and take on some of that confidence and realize that, well, my character can can overcome that, and therefore I can overcome that because I had the opportunity to practice and internalize some of those skills 
that I got to play with in a, in a, in a fantasy setting. So my character can go up to the King and say, King, you need to rally your troops because <laughs> the orcs are coming. Right. And then I can go in and when, you know, I'm, I'm late, late paying for a credit card bill or something like that, I can call the credit card company and say, Hey, I deserve you. Give me a second chance. on this. <laughs> I mean, that's a really I mean, it's, it's a, a perfect way to put that out there, because I mean, there's a lot of the times and I mean, to be perfectly honest with me, like uh, I, I'm one of those people that get super anxious uh, to talk to people over the phone, uh, especially just like cold calling. It's just something I hate to do even so much that I have issues even calling, um, you know, for like a, a pizza or anything like that. And mm. but to that same point, like I can just think, hey, this is not it's, it's it's I've done this before. I've practiced with this. I remember my bard character had to stand up and mm-hmm. talk to those people. And this is something that I can do. And this is a good way to get through that. Right. And it, it's a lot like exposure. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing where a lot of our, our youth participants struggle with anxiety. Um, they struggle with depression. And there are some days when they can't make it through a whole day of school. Um, and what, what we want them to do is think about all of the challenges that their characters have overcome. Right. So when they're in, in school that day and the teacher announces a, a math pop quiz, they have already been as their character. They've escaped horrible <laughs> dungeons and, and defeated terrible monsters. And they think, well, my my character can actually, you know, they, they managed to keep their their wits about them as the room was slowly filling up with lava. I can, I can deal with this math test. You know? I can deal with that. That's perfect. And I love that. And even starting with the kids, uh, and with, which is where you originally started out with. I mean, that's a perfect time to do that because it's giving mm-hmm. you those skills to deal with a lot of stuff in adulthood that, I mean, you have to deal with every day. Right. Now, you right. did mention the fact about uh, training. Uh, tell like so you are now going out there and helping to train more people to be able to uh, uh, to put all of this into practice into use uh, elsewhere. Yes. So when Game to Grow was founded, it was Adam Johns and I founded it, just the two of us. And we had a board. And then little by little, we were expanding the number of facilitators that were a part of the organization. And then it's really this, this to, to, to meet at the, all of the demands that are out there for, for kids, teens, and adults to all be able to get the benefits from this. We needed to take it one step bigger. So we actually um, hired a director of education and training, Elizabeth Kilmer, who is now um, leading our training program. And so we have a three-tiered and three-tracked training program where we have a special training program for mental health practitioners, a special training program for educators and teachers, and then another special training program for just members of the community. And each one of those wow. has a specific building steps in terms of how to, to, to leverage therapeutically applied role-playing games the best for those specific contexts. And so far, we've already had uh, 60-something people through the mental health training program. We have our community training coming up uh, next weekend, um, our educator coming up in early December. So it's really an exciting time to be getting more people in. Um, and when they come to the training, they, they you know, the, the level one training is a, a really the, the deep dive into the theoretical foundations mm-hmm. of the Game to Grow model of therapeutically applied role-playing games. And then the second level and the third level go much deeper into what it looks like in practice and, and building those skills. And a lot of the practitioners are already starting to run these groups and get an opportunity to see sort of the, the as the rubber hits the road, so to speak, <laughs> what it looks like to use these uh, games in their groups. I mean, I, and I, I love the fact that you're doing uh, like three different branches of it too, as well, because uh, when you're saying uh, helping people out in like a therapeutic sort of way, you automatically think, oh, I need to be a trained professional at this. And that is, that's just not the case. You just need to be someone who is, uh, who wants to help out, right? 
Yeah, well, and I think we've talked about this before, and and I I like to say this a lot. The world would be a better place if more people played more games together. Oh, totally. Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's nothing that that is um should should stop us from from pull, having an extra seat at our table to have a a bigger table where more people can play together. Especially when the game is something as as awesome as a tabletop role playing game like Dungeons and Dragons, where you're working together, you're overcoming evil, and I think the the world right now needs more <laughs> of us sitting together, joining forces that uh, overcome those, those forces. So I, I really think that there's nothing inherently therapeutic about sitting down and playing a, playing a game together that's safe, supportive, and fun. And I want teachers to be able to do that with their, their, mm-hmm. in their classroom, but also in their after-school programs. I want librarians, and I want parents, and I want everyone to be able to access some of this life-enriching magic that games can provide. And I mean, it's one of those things, too. It's like having this training will i mean it's the same thing as the when i talk to people about i feel that everyone should at least uh take one improv like course and do it for a little while because it helps you in so many different ways having this training can help that as well because you'll be able to uh put those things into practice even if you don't necessarily are looking to do anything with it but it's it's going to be helpful just no matter what when you're gaming i really feel that absolutely now, I'll, absolutely. And you're, you're, you, you know, I'm I'm trained as a drama therapist. So you had me <laughs> an improv class right there. <laughs> and, well, and that was, I mean, working and like even trying to like interview people. I was talking about with my my anxiety with talking on the phone. It's the same thing with uh, trying to um, be in the moment and just, uh, you know, paying attention to what people are saying. It's helped me at work. It's helped me talking to people on the phone and just so many different ways on that, that it like even like doing that was one of those big things for me just as i feel that something like this with the game to grow method here that you've got going on it's something that everyone can use absolutely and i i I really think that the more we can get people together and engage in in authentic relational play i really think people will find a lot more of their lives are benefited it's not it's not just for you know building confidence for those of us that struggle building confidence or or overcoming anxiety it really is enriches life in this really amazing way and all of the listeners who are already gamers will will know this yeah. this is something <laughs> that that makes our lives better and we want to we want it to to increase the size of the table so that more people can enjoy that now, if people do want to um, be a part of this and go through the training, what's the best ways that they can uh, go about that? So if you go to gametogrow.org, you can see right there on the website is where we have our training. Gametogrow.org slash training will give you a full breakdown of all of those things. Um, we're adding new uh, new dates all the time because these are filling up faster than we can churn <laughs> uh, them out. So if you go to our website, make sure to join the newsletter because that's the first place that we announce when uh, the new trainings are are available. We also have webinars and things like that. While you're waiting for that new training to open up, if it's full, you can check out some of those as well. And so a great, a lot of ways for to do that. And I mean, we'll be posting on our Facebook page as well, because you guys are doing good stuff with gaming. And that's really, I mean, seriously, that's what we always look forward to um, when you're dealing in the geek community, because a lot of the times uh, you'll get uh, a a little bit of a negative thing with uh, a lot of geeks out there. Um, just in terms of like maybe not being uh, as inclusive as we need to be and just being able to fight mm-hmm. that stigma a lot of the times helps with that. And this is one of those things that builds on that inclusive uh, inclusivity because like you're you want people to come in because they're going to be in, in better themselves as they're doing this. Right. 
Now, another thing I saw on the on your uh, page, again, you can go to gametogrow.org. You have something that was funded off of Kickstarter called Critical Core. Now, yes. can you tell me a little bit about this? Because this looks super cool. It has been an amazing labor of love working on Critical Core. So um, as I said earlier, the Game to Grow's mission is is not just direct service. It's also to increase the, the as I said earlier, life enriching, life enriching impact of games. And so one of the things that Game to Grow has done in addition to the training program is we, we, we've done, uh, we were the keynote presenters at the Washington Association of Marriage and Family Therapy oh. uh, last year. <laughs> and we had a bunch of therapists, an auditorium full of therapists say, I want to do what you're doing. Um, how do I get started? We didn't have the training program at the time yet. Um, and we wanted to help them um, be able to do the kind of work that we're doing, but they had no experience with role-playing games. So, and any, any of the listeners who who, who play Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> or any other role-playing game know they're complicated. There's a lot of rules, and to become a game master, uh, it takes experience and it takes work. And then you have to have a, a decent group of players who will give you feedback so you can become a better game master. All of that before you can ever start using that with sensitive populations to achieve outcomes. So what we wanted to do with Critical Core is basically create a starter set. It's a beginner's box oh, for nice. therapeutic role-playing games. And so in the box, we, we funded it on Kickstarter. It, it went went way above and beyond. We got some support <laughs> from Matt Mercer, tweeted about it. So oh, of course the nice. critics came out to support it. Um, <laughs> so that's been awesome. Um, and basically inside the, the Critical Core box set are three things. There's a, a uh, game master's guide with simplified rule set. We built a, a rule system off of the open gaming license in Dungeons and Dragons. So it is a really simplified um, bare bones kind of rule set. That's really designed to be accessible, not only to a neurodivergent population, but also to uh, game masters who have never played the game before. So it's really, really, really um, like almost at an, at an atomic level kind of understanding <laughs> of how a D and D style game works. And then also in there is a, a facilitator's guide that talks about a lot of the tips and tricks of the way we structure our program at Game to Grow. And then the third thing in there is the adventure design is where every uh, encounter in the game of the Critical Core starter modules, um, every encounter is aligned with a real world area of social growth we call core uh, competencies. Oh, nice. Core capacities. Yeah. So it's it's a really, really uh fantastic it's it's been a an awesome labor of love like i said because we uh, we learned a lot about the process along the way we're, we're getting ready to go to, to manufacturing very soon so now is still an opportunity for people to, to pre-order their kit yeah. if they're interested i mean and this like yeah it just seems like a great like uh, especially i mean you guys have worked with with kids um for a, a, a long time just building up to this point and this again mm-hmm. seems just like another um solid um, like foundation building just for your for a person and also just to kind of get them into, into gaming as well I mean it's like it's the perfect it's like uh, I don't want to say it's better than the red box but it's one of those things that it's <laughs> one of those great like I just man you guys are so friggin cool <laughs> I appreciate that like I just Thank I'm, you. I'm just really happy that you guys are creating all of this stuff that uh, it's just bringing in the inclusivity into the geeking geeky community and I mean you've made it your your life's work on this and like it's very appreciated from all of us people can find out more information at game org, and uh we've got links to all the social media as well to the youtube channels facebook twitter and instagram and we'll share it with everyone as well adam it was really really a pleasure to have you back on and get the update for everything you have anything else to say before we get out of here i want everyone out there to make sure you uh, play some games and invite somebody else to play with you. I think it's an important time right now more than ever 
uh, to, to uh, extend that offer and play some games with people. I appreciate it, Adam. Thank you so much for the time, man. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. And make sure you check them out and see what everything is going on. Check out Game to Grow. And now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what's going on? Remember a while back we did a, uh, we, we were discussing what would happen if we had to cast the Avengers back in the 80s or oh, the 90s. Yeah. Which is pretty cool because you think of who were the top actors at that point and who would have the right look or the vibe. Well, Screen Rant recently put out if you had to recast the original 2000s X-Men movie in 2020. Ooh. Ooh. So this is, we're talking about like uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier. Ian McKellen as Magneto. Uh, Famika Jensen as Jean Grey. That's right. Uh, so let you guys ponder that for a minute. Mm-hmm. First one they cast... For Wolverine, if you had to pick somebody, who would you pick right now? Big actor. This guy you probably won't know by name, so I'll let you guys think. Uh, I was thinking the guy who played uh, Han Solo in uh, Solo. Okay. I feel like he's not burly enough. Well, I mean, Hugh Jackman wasn't jacked by when he started, and I just feel like the Hollywood movie machine would make it uh, uh, good enough on that. But I don't mean like physically like his pecs or muscles or anything. I just meant face-wise. He looks like baby. Yeah. He's got the baby face. Well, that's Alden Ehrenreich. And I think that, uh, I mean, you just put a little bit of stubble on him and you take his hair and you stick it upwards and I think it will work out. Thoughts, Joe? I'm going with uh, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa <laughs> for Wolverine. Yeah, because if know, you cut like, his hair. But you understand that like Wolverine's supposed to be like five foot four and kind of stocky. Well, and Hugh Jackman is like yeah, six foot tall Yeah, but well. I mean, Jason Momoa. Like, you got to make him look like a dwarf. Yeah, like why don't you just like ask The Rock at that point to be Wolverine? Because they're about the same size and, and yeah, as cartoon characters. I also like The Rock. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> Tom Cruise? No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, I'm still a fan of Jared Kiso, which we know as Wayne from Letterkenny. <laughs> Oh, I think I talked God, about yeah, that as a meme right, I saw because yeah. he's Canadian. He's not super well known yet. Like, you know him if you've seen Letterkenny. I think you could do it. Uh, but the one they picked was a guy named Aiden Turner, who, if you saw The Hobbit, he was Keely. Really? Yes. He was, I think, the one in like the love interest, maybe. Oh, you know what? He kind of looks like he could be somebody that would. I mean, yeah, possibly. I, I just don't know enough about him. I feel like just seeing, like, I saw a random picture on IMDb. I'm, I think I would pick him as Forge. I think he'd be a really cool Forge. Ooh, good call. Ooh, I have another one. Huh. Mm. Carl Urban. Carl Ooh. Urban for Wolverine. You I know don't what? Hate it. He yeah, can do everything. And that's an interesting point, too, because Wolverine's older. Um, I yeah, mean, he's he, at least 100 years old. Yeah, I mean, he ages more slowly, but still, he's been around for at least 100 years. So he's going to have some years. He's going to be grizzled. He's going to be kind of gruff. And if you've seen him on The Boys, you kind of understand like that he's whole a salty, demeanor. Bad word. Yeah, and I mean, that's the perfect thing for a Wolverine. So I like Carl Urban. I like that one. All right. And remember, when we're recasting, we're not recasting a whole new X-Men movie to be done now. We're recasting the 2000s X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're going to go for someone who's not Sansa Stark, a you know, teenager, early 20s, yeah. forging gray. We have to be a little older. Yeah. Adult. 
a little more Because she adult. still looks baby to me. So, I mean, okay. So, you don't have Redhead. to really worry about... Well, I mean, you can... Like, hair color, you can just change. Right. Unless it's uh, 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 that one uh, Inhumans uh, TV show. I don't know. Uh, Medusa or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I'm trying to think of an actress that could do Miss Jensen... Or at least kind of do that character pretty well. And the problem is, I don't really necessarily like Jean Grey as a character. Yeah, yeah so I agree. I'm not really like too like enthused to even try to like sort of even cast it. Like the first one, you think like you think of a lot of redheads, like Jessica Chastain, but she was already in that other X Men movie that I didn't even bother watching. Uh, well, I, funny enough, she was in X Men Dark Phoenix. That's what uh, I mean. As, yeah, yep, as the one the, I didn't as, see. Yeah, and I, I watched the first like ten minutes and the last like ten minutes of it, got the gist of it, and was like. I don't need this in my life. What's another popular redhead right now? This is who they're picking. Oh, man. Who's the chick that BJ really likes that played in the recent Jumanji? Oh, uh. Um, Karen Gillan? Yeah, there okay. you go. Ooh, you know I mean, what? I would don't not. Don't hate that. I, I, if before Guardians of the Galaxy, I would have been like, you're nuts, dude. Really? She's just too cute, too innocent. Like, she needs to be able to have that bad streak that Jean has. And now with Guardians of the Galaxy, I think that's a perfect choice. Uh, the other choice they have here, we have seen her in more of an action-y type movie. I only saw the first one of this uh, trilogy, if you will, so I don't know how badass she actually gets. But Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, and when you said, I was trying to remember her name because you said Jessica Chastain, yep. and I was like, what's the other one? The one that looks <laughs> just like her. I like Bryce Dallas Howard for that, and I would um, I would uh, accept that one. I think she has that like smart girl, like, sweet but can also be badass if need to absolutely so i will agree here this one i'm not sure because i've seen him be the dorky guy so but i can i could see him being a jerk too cyclops would be jensen ackles from supernatural he's also going to be soldier boy in oh. season three of the boys he plays the sarcastic goofy but sexy dude so i'm like i could see him being the jerk of cyclops mm-hmm. but i also want him to be more funny so i'm like i kind of want to put him in a funnier role but you know, I yeah, feel like he, he could, he's got the, the face for Cyclops, for sure. And he sure. needs to be the straight guy with that when it comes down yeah. to it. Like, and he, uh, he's such, like, he is, he's the leader and he's the sourpuss. And yes. I mean, even in the comics more recently, he's been essentially the bad guy yes. when it comes down to it. So you kind of need that uh, no-nonsense, curmudgeon type guy, no matter what age he is. And luckily, like, he's going to be playing, like, the quote-unquote bad guy. Good, Like, he's a hero, but he's a bad guy in the season three of The Boys. Mm-hmm. But he's it's going to be... The Boys is so ridiculous. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, he, he's going to be a perfect fit. Um... Do you have any just, uh, thoughts on that uh, one, Joe? You know, I never liked Cyclops either. He felt like a really <laughs> lame Captain America. Like, he's trying to be the good guy, mm-hmm. but, you know, he Kinda, always somehow yeah. doesn't end up saving the day. You know, that kind of thing. He, he, but he does get Jean Grey, you know, so good on yeah. him. But uh, but he also cheats on her with Emma Frost in his mind. Oh, uh, what? And one, of, I think in the yeah. Ultimate? No, I forget which version, but he does. Does that count? Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah, she caught, books? she caught them in bed in their minds. Whoa. I read that Wait. comic. Wait, is that like Inception? Kind of. I could see someone maybe like Taron Edgerton. Okay. Um, Okay. But he also has he has also a little bit more personality. Like I just feel that like Cyclops is kind of like 
like a cardboard standout, like a cutout. But maybe that's just because of the X-Men movie, and yeah. I'm trying to cast him in that. And he wasn't fun in that movie. I, I know. Mean, I, oh. oh, go ahead. I was saying, I know I always say this, but Henry Cavill could actually make a pretty good Cyclops. If he wasn't so buff, yes. Yeah, like if he lost. Well, he's super buff in the comics, from what I remember. I mean, it, it goes back and forth. I still think of him because he's kind of like the foil of Wolverine. They're both kind of leaders, in a sense, even though Wolverine's the lone man. He can, set, can and has stepped up as the leader. But he's like the short, stocky, buff dude. And Cyclops always was like the lean. Like he's still muscular, just lean, tall guy. So it was almost that weird, you know, foil visually at least. Now looking at it at this point too, and I've been looking online a little bit to try to get some ideas on this. I would love to see possibly Miles Teller. Okay. Who played Mr. Fantastic. He's got uh, a punchable face, so I'm down. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and it's only it's only based on his acting, not not. But I mean, but also on that same point, like like it, the, the the most recent Fantastic Four, the Josh Trank one, mm-hmm. which is terrible, horrible. Oh God! But it wasn't necessarily because Miles's fault. No. But his character, Mister Fantastic, in that one was actually he he kind of went along those same lines as a Cyclops, mm-hmm. like singularly focused, kind of a kind of a, a stick in the mud when it really kind of came down to it. But also, like, he was trying to be a leader, which I think that the Cyclops in the X-Men was trying to be. He just really wasn't that great at it. Uh, although, I think I remember hearing, the, uh, going back to Jensen Eccles, uh, or Eccles, he was rumored to have been considered or people were wanting him as Star-Lord. So if you kind of want to know what kind of vibe he has, he's very much a Star-Lord. He can be the action-y guy, yeah. but he's a goofball. <laughs> uh, for Storm, it's a character or an actress that uh, Joey and your dad uh, both see frequently. Oh, it's a Star Trek Discovery chick, isn't it? Yep. I knew it. Sonequa <laughs> Martin-Green. Oh, nice. Okay. She would be a great Storm. Absolutely. I, th- I think so, too. There's no... No yeah. fight in that yeah, one. Yeah, we're not going to argue. I don't even have a better Next. suggestion. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Lupita Nyong'o could do is a great in everything she does, so I wouldn't hate that either. Yeah, but like just a little younger, I think, though, in my head. Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Oh, and I, I don't know. I just, I just think that that was uh, like, yeah, it was just too good, right there. She's thirty-seven. Huh? What? Really? Yeah. Oh, I would never have guessed that. Like, <laughs> wow. Good on her. Yeah. Right. I'm like, she's so adorable, though. Actually, I don't want to go back because I'm just like, again, looking more online stuff on that. Uh, instead of whomever we said for Wolverine, I'm just going to go back to it because I have to say uh, uh, Joe Manganiello. Oh, okay. Like, he would be a really good one. And just because I'm looking at a picture that we posted on the Facebook page of him shirtless. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of looks like Wolverine right there. Okay, what, I don't hate that. stripping? <laughs> <laughs> well, he you was in Magic Magic Mind. Wolverine? Ooh. Uh, that is a thumbnail. I will click on it every <laughs> all time. All right, all right. Uh, Next uh, Professor Xavier. <laughs> okay. This well, one would have not been one I picked, but now, I love it. We don't have to worry about being bald. No. Uh, because you can do bald caps or whatever along yes. those lines. Patrick Stewart is the quintessential, I mean, even more so than... Uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Although I do love James McAvoy. Yeah. He was really good in it. I'm just trying to think, because you need an older gentleman. Um, I'm kind of not really... I'm not sure on this. Uh, do you have any... Oh man, the problem is no one's going to beat Sir Patrick Stewart. No, in that's my what mind. I was thinking, and so it's like uh, so trying to replace him right now. I oh man, that's tough. This is a tough one. I probably would not have been able to pick one out had I not looked at this list and really love this idea. Okay, Hugh Laurie, House from House. Interesting. He is British, so we'll have that British accent. I'm curious to see what he would look like bald. I think he has good range enough to where he could do it. Because he can do the funny stuff. He can do, he's done more serious stuff. Obviously with House, he's kind of teetered at it. When, did you guys ever watch House? 
I did, but not a whole lot. Yeah, it was one of those ones where I'd watch a little bit about it. Everyone would be arguing, and then House would walk in and be like, it's lupus. And then it would be like, (laughs) yep. And then they were like, how did you know that? My dad and I were obsessed with this show back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I actually really like it. I can't really think of anybody else. Yeah, I could see it. He'd have to be more compassionate. Then I think his like sternness in House, mm-hmm. you know, because he was in House from mm-hmm. time to time. But again, Sir Patrick Stewart played that character to like the the most nice you can be. You mm-hmm. know, you got to really care about everyone, even the bad guys. I feel like the House half the time he'd be like, "I'm going to use my powers to screw you over. I don't care." Yeah, I think I saw a trailer of this new show he's going to be on. It's like a space show, and it's supposed to be really like shenanigans, basically. And he was pretty funny in that. So I think I'm like, I think he can do it. Uh, this one, I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. Like, I don't hate it, but I am also like, what? For Magneto. Ooh, Magneto. Because again, Ian McKellen freaking knocked it out of the he park. He was so good at that. Again, another uh, older person. I'm just, I'm thinking it just because. Betty White. Uh, Betty White knew, but maybe Ian uh, McShane. Oh, okay. interesting. Just because he, maybe, I do maybe, love Ian McShane. Yeah, I Can love. Can he Ian be the McShane. oldest Wolverine? Old man Logan, <laughs> Ian McShane, calling it. I want all this. Right, like oldest right. man Logan. <laughs> all right, all right. I will move my Magneto to old man Logan for Ian McShane on that one. I accept Fair. that. I just keep thinking Clint Eastwood, and it's so bad because it would never <laughs> fit. No, it would just be so funny. Vis- though. Visually in the costume, it would look awesome. But the second he starts speaking, it's like, please stop. They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> be like, so what do you think, Magneto? He'd be like. Mm. Oh. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. I think I might have one for either. Maybe. Okay. Anthony Hopkins. Ooh, see, he's a little bit too old, I think, at this point in time. Yeah. It might be getting too old on that end. Uh, I could even see someone maybe along the lines of like, again, this is a little bit goofy, but a Willem Dafoe. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know that he play he he plays <gasps> I want nutty as, characters. I want him as Beast, an older Beast. An older Beast being Willem he, Dafoe. Yes. That would be funny. You know, Actually, I, like, I, I don't know do if that it. would be. I don't know how poignant that would be because Magneto is a very. Oh, he's like a very complicated character, and there's a lot of range to that. And I just don't necessarily know if that is where I would want to go oh, with it. Oh, who played Hannibal? The most recent Hannibal, oh, the bad um, guy um, from Bond. Oh, 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 uh, Mads Ma- Mikkel. Oh, oh, Mads, yeah. Ooh. Was he him as Magneto? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I love that. I like that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one for both Magneto and Xavier. Okay. Liam Neeson as Xavier. And Liam Neeson as Magneto? <laughs> yes. No. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy. Oh, Donald Sutherland. Oh, okay. As Magneto. Mm, wow. Is Although- Donald Sutherland super old? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, like, he's <laughs> but, like. So the thing with Magneto, and according to the yeah. animated series, the 90s animated series, I believe. So because obviously he survived the Holocaust, making Magneto very, very old. But he took, like, basically the, the Captain America serum, I believe, or something like that. And that's what made him younger and stronger. I and, think it was the animated series. And to be perfectly honest, if you look at him and, I mean, like, kind of look at the pictures of him as uh, President Snow from mm-hmm. The Hunger Games. Like, he pulls off the, 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 the I don't want to call it. the gravitas. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. I was going to say regal, but the, yeah. the gravitas and the presence is the big one there for Magneto. He needs, when he comes in, he needs to command a room. And I think, yeah, yes. Donald Sutherland would be that. Uh, the one they picked, though, was not one that we mentioned. Ah, who? Christopher Waltz. Oh, sure. He sure. creeps yeah. me out. I think he could do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I mean, I think he would be better placed as even someone like a Trask, who was the guy who uh, created the Sentinels. Yes, he's just so good at being a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, but it's like business bad. Like, I'm going to screw you over by knowing the laws and knowing these things that I can turn instead of just being like to use forceful powers. I'm going to use bureaucracy, which is actually probably the most terrifying power of them all. And the last one they have here is for Rogue. For Rogue. Okay, so was it Anna Paquin that was originally mm-hmm. Rogue? And I feel like you can go either way. Because I made her pretty young in the uh, first X-Men movie. So you could go that same young if we're keeping the same storyline. Uh, they play. They picked a character who you guys may not recognize. Her name is Kayla Scudelario. So she was in the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Spoiler alert, because I know you guys all really care about that movie. She ends up being Barbosa's daughter. That's uh, who that is. Okay. Um, she was also in Maze Runner. She was like the chick in Maze Runner, like the main girl who was okay. with the group of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's got the look. I really want, honestly, next time we see Rogue on screen, I want like a slightly older, same age as uh, Storm. Mm-hmm. So someone maybe in their 30s. Okay. But I want her to be full on like southern accents. Oh, yeah. Like call people Shug and all that stuff. Yep. And probably have a relationship with Gambit. I want a Gambit, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Gambit should just be Channing Tatum. Like, Mm -hmm. just do it. Just fine, whatever. Let him play Gambit. He wanted to play it. Some reason it got done, but we can you can do that. Gambit's such a hard story to do because there's I don't know if I don't know a whole lot about his backstory, but it doesn't seem like it's that rich. So from what I remember, based on all like the comics and the animated shows, because I've seen most of the animated series, mm-hmm. uh, both the nineties, the evolution, and then I think the Wolverine and the X-Men one, mm-hmm. he is uh the son of like a really big uh like th- like thieving family. In New Orleans. And uh, so he was, I think, either engaged or married to a girl, a gal named Belladonna, who was like (laughs) either another kind of thieving family, like mobsters, if you will, but down in New Orleans. So there's like the whole, like, you could do a whole story, like a TV series based on the thieves, basically. The lives of these, like, southern mobsters. I don't know what you would call it. Well, and I mean, for a while, he was also a leader of the Morlocks, Mm -hmm. were the mutants that were uh, hanging out underneath the sewers, basically, because they were all the the nasty, ugly ones. But they were the ones who looked terrible, and they couldn't hide their mutations. Mm -hmm. So they were literally just kind of monsters. So they had a whole little group underground. Uh, Basically, the Raging Cajun uh, kind of uh, usurped the leader at that point. Everyone's like, hey, what are we doing? We need help. He's like, oh, okay. All right, just a quick rundown. Yes, it was. Uh, so he was actually kidnapped from the hospital when, uh, and he was raised by the LeBeau Clan Thieves Guild and was given to the antiquary as a tribute because of his burning red eyes. And they referred to the child as Le Diablo Blanc, the white devil, and uh, believed he was <laughs> prophesied to be to unite the warring thieves and assassin guilds. So there was oh. multiple thieves guilds. That was the terminology, not mobster, that I was looking for. There you go, yeah. The guild. The you know, thieves. one other person I would think of maybe, possibly, because I've seen her in a lot of stuff and she's actually pretty decent would be Dakota Fanning. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sold on it, but I feel that she's such a good actress that she could make it work. And I have no idea if she has A, a Southern accent, or B, can do one. Um, so that might kind of dash your hopes with that. But I want to know, you guys, yeah. please send me a list of who you totally. think should play these characters because I love fan casting. <laughs> yeah, you do. Until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.